Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to Life on the Wrist. Hope you guys are doing well today. I wanted to talk about two auctions that took place over this weekend. One of them being Only Watch 2021. The other one being the Geneva Watch Auction. I covered the Geneva Watch Auction um, within the last couple weeks uh, over on our YouTube channel and our, and our articles on our website. And I believe when when the watches that were going to be part, uh, part of Only Watch 2021 were released, I think I went through them. So we've covered both of these. This is sort of a follow-up on, on both of those um, those auctions. What I thought I would do is give you some information about, about how they went, talk through a couple of the lots that I thought were really exciting um, for, for, these, for this auction, for the two auctions, um, and sort of just talk about how, you know, this is, this is the best time of the year, in my opinion. It's auction season, so for a vintage watch person, this is all eyes are on these auction houses when, when this is going on, so... I'll start with Only Watch. Only Watch um, was a real success this year, um, which is really great coming out of uh, you know COVID nineteen or this pandemic that really has shut down a lot of these, a lot of the world and and you know Only Watch is a nice sort of escape from from all of that and I think auctions just in general is a nice escape from from sort of the realities of where, where we're currently sitting. I thought we. Um, you know the, the the auction had had a wide range of, watch, of watches that were being uh, that were made for this auction. Um, Fifty three lots were were part of this auction. Took place in Geneva um, and hosted by Christie's. What was really cool is the total amount that was actually raised uh, in this in this auction was uh, thirty million Swiss francs, which is a, a great achievement for only watch. This is actually second the second highest. Um, amount that has been raised by Only Watch. Uh, the only other time that was more was in 2019 when it when they raised 38.6 million Swiss francs. Um, but something that one has to remember is that Patek Grandmaster Chime was 31 million of that. So really, the fact that this entire lot, this entire auction raised 30 million Swiss francs, I think shows that more of these watches are are getting um, are, are are highly desired. If you don't know, Only Watch twenty twenty Only Watch is a watch auction that was organized to raise money for muscular dystrophy, which was, which is a a, a real crippling, um, a, a crippling part of many people's lives. And it's nice that something that's you know fairly consumer oriented, very, um, very consumer oriented, is raising money for a, a cause like this. So thirty thirty million Swiss francs were raised um, the most expensive lots um, there was a, a Patek Philippe um, desk clock that was made that rate that that fetched for 9.5 million Swiss francs which is an incredible result there was a really uh, amazing uh, FP Journe that and um, Francis Ford Coppola FFC blue that went for 4.5 million the Automa Piguet Royal Oak uh, jumbo in titanium went for 3.1 uh, million Swiss francs, which was another, you know, obviously a, a great, um, great success. There was a Richard Mille f um, for Charles Leclerc prototype that went for 2.1 million, and then there was also a Debutune Carré Voutelainen, which, for me, the the Debutune Carré Voutelainen uh, kind of magic watch was a, a ridiculously um, impressive piece. 
you got you really felt like you could see both of these watchmakers in the watch that that was uh, that they created uh, that went for 1.3 million so um, I've spoken about a couple of these lots um, you know obviously the, the jumbo was an amazing amazing piece one of the watches I obviously had my eye on was the MBNF piece they had um, they had well, let me just find it I want to make sure I describe this perfectly but it was an HM10 um, which is nicknamed Bulldog and um, why am I having trouble finding this uh, here we go so it's an HM10 um, but what they did was they redesigned it to look like a panda so if you don't know the HM10 is a Bulldog inspired piece has a power reserve where you can see basically the jaws of the Bulldog um, and then um, the very classical MBNF sort of dial uh, layout um, and what they ended up doing was putting panda ears on top of the domed crystal and they put a little tail on the back of it so really cool watch from them it was estimated to go between 100 and 150,000 Swiss francs it ended up going for 620 which is an incredible result um, super exciting that MBNF has really become not mainstream but a lot of more people are, are paying more attention um, to them another watch that did incredibly well that fetched for basically the same amount as the MBNF was the Tudor Black Bay GMT 1 um, with this it's a limited edition uh, Tudor Black Bay GMT uh, estimated to go between 4,000 and 8,000 it went for 650 which is insane to think about um, I said it a little bit in the beginning, um, but it's really amazing that these limited editions are made by some of the world's best watchmakers, and they all come together to raise money for a, a, a real cause. I think it's it shows the potential that you know watches have. Um, you can create these limited editions um, that will capture uh, watch collectors very easily. And because this is obviously for charity, it allows them to um, obviously have some fun at auction and try and raise as much money as they can for a cause that they believe in, which I think is not something that um, is, is done enough. So 99% of the proceeds of this um, sale are going to go to, to um, muscular dystrophy, which is really exciting. Shifting gears a little bit, I'll, I'll move over to the Geneva Watch Auction. Uh, for 14 that took place on the 5th and 7th of November. There were some incredible watches. I discussed some of them in our uh, the other podcast that we had. We also did a video on some of our favorite lots that were upcoming. I'll go over a couple of them that that I that I did mention in that. But there are also some pieces that I think were some very interesting results. So the first one is lot number 36. It's an Adama Piguet reference 5131BA. And it's this disco volante sort of shape that reminds me of a watch that we um, we sourced for for the Life on the Wrist um, store. And it's an 18 karat gold. I think it's at 34 millimeters in diameter if you include the sort of disco volante shape of this case. It's just an interesting shape from 1959 that I think, um, you know, it, it shows that sort of the creativity that some of these brands really, really did have. What's really interesting about this one, it has a Tuller signed dial, so this was um, retailed by Tourlu, and obviously that, that has a little bit of an influence on the price. It was estimated to go between 3000 3, and 5000 which I think is a, a true estimate, but it ended up going for, for just shy of 14000 Swiss francs. So 
if you look at the high end, almost triple the high end of their of the um, the result. I think that I think this shows like it's very difficult for some people to get a hold of pieces that they really like. And so a lot of people are going to sort of these oddball references like the 5131BA and adding those to their collection, which I think is really cool. Moving forward, this isn't an oddball, but this is an extremely desired watch. This is law number 53. It was the Omega 2915-1 Omega Speedmaster with the broad arrow hands and this incredibly even tropical dial, chocolate tropical dial. It's like when you think of vintage Speedmaster, this is exactly what you think about. This watch was manufactured in 1957, and this is the quintessential Speedmaster or vintage Speedmaster that, that is produced and is known as being a grail for just about any person. Um, it's It was the first chronograph with a, with a, with a tachometer scale. Um, it's uh, got the caliber 321 movement which is obviously a, you know, the column wheel chronograph that everyone is looking to get their hands on. And I mean, if you look at the Dallas watch, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I'll put a link in the, in the show notes to it, but it, it literally doesn't get m better than this. Um, it was estimated to go between 80 and 120,000 Swiss francs. It ended up going for 3.1 million Swiss francs for this Omega Speedmaster. I believe this is this basically set the record for the most expensive Omega uh, Omega to sell at auction, let alone an Omega Speedmaster, which is obviously a, a, a crazy result um, for for Omega. Um, I think this shows the robustness of the Omega Speedmaster, the vintage Omega Speedmaster. If you are a collector who's looking to get into it, but also I think it shows the um, the desire for basically a perfectly aged watch um, I think this is this is exactly that so next I want to talk about I, I showed this watch on, on Instagram but this was the Patek Philippe 1436 uh, this was lot number 75 it was that split second chronograph that I posted on Instagram it is such a beautiful watch I, I, I can't get my eye like I can't stop thinking about this watch um, Split-second chronograph from Patek Philippe manufacturer in 1946. 33 millimeters in diameter, so it's a little bit smaller. Um, but does, like to me, that doesn't really matter. Um, I think 33 millimeters actually would probably fit my wrist really nicely. Um, so that's cool. Um, there were this actually came with two different dials and they have both of them with with this watch it was estimated to go between 120 and 180,000 Swiss francs when ended up going for 302 so a little bit of an investment in this chrono for this in, in this chronograph but the split second movement from Patek Philippe is just an absolutely beautiful thing to look at which is why I really love it something that was a little bit like sort of an oddball but I, I there were so many um, there were a couple uh, watch boxes that went for auction. I'm looking at watch number uh, lot number 143. This was the FB Journe wooden uh, box made um, by obviously FB Journe to have FB Journe. Um, what's cool is uh, this was um, on the watch. It has subscription uh, number one. The idea is it's going to hold five watches. And what's really cool is um, this watch 
was um, sort of part of that, um, another, another part of sort of the muscular dystrophy campaign to raise money for, for muscular dystrophy. Um, and it went for 100 million Swiss francs. It was estimated to go between 100 and 200 Swiss francs. Again, it's it, it's another example of um, of of what you know watchmaking can do to to raise money for good causes. Um, I wonder if we're going to see more watch boxes come up for for auction. Uh, I don't know. The last watch I want to talk about is the watch that I really paid most attention to, and the reason is is I'm a, I'm an incredibly huge fan of the Vacheron Constantin. Chocolatone or Toledo as it's also known. This is a sort of cushion form case with a really beautiful stepped, uh, stepped case. Um, the watch that was being sold was the reference 4737. This is a, a fairly rare version of the, the Chocolatone. Um, there are known to be 335 examples of this reference. 269 in yellow gold, 62 in pink gold, and 4 in white gold. And the one that was being auctioned in lot number 167 was a 4737, and this was the first time that this watch was found to be made in platinum. What, what I mentioned in the la in in the video where we discussed this watch is, um, it's so funny to think that the Vacheron Constantin has extracts from the archives that show that a platinum 4737 was made, but we didn't know that because it wasn't public knowledge. And I never, I always wonder, you know, why why that wasn't ever discussed or fact checked by the manufacturer. But anyway, this was a, a big lot. I, I really wasn't sure what this was going to go for. Manufactured in 1956, the only platinum known example of this watch, and so that's obviously going to hit chocolatone collectors, Vacheron Costa collectors, and just about anyone who's looking for a historic piece here. Um, so. With all of that in mind, it's very difficult to kind of come up with an estimate, but Phillips estimated it would go between 200 and 400,000 Swiss francs. It ended up selling for 705,000 Swiss francs, which is a mind-blowing um, price, almost double the upper estimate. And for a time-only Vacheron Constantin, it's pretty crazy. But um, when, you, when you have things like rarity, especially with the heritage of this watch, it was retailed in, in Madrid and then stayed with its original family who eventually went to the Dominican Republic, and that's where the current owner uh, of this watch sort of approached Phillips to sell it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really incredible, and sets another barrier. It sets another mark for Vacheron Constantin for the Chocolatones or Toledos that you know that that are being sold. So, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this podcast where we discuss some of the auctions that took place this last uh, weekend. Um, I'll put a link to the show note in the show notes to both of these auctions so you can check out some of the results. Uh, I encourage you to check them out and definitely follow along so you can see some of the pictures of these watches. They really are phenomenal looking. Um, if you aren't following us on our social medias and you aren't subscribed to our YouTube channel, be sure to head over to those platforms. There'll be links in the show notes to that as well. Um, you can check out our website where we have articles and videos um, that... Hopefully will be interesting to you. If you are listening to this watch podcast, you probably would like those too. So be sure to head over to lifeontherist.com. There's a link in the show notes to that as well. If you guys wouldn't mind following this podcast, really, really um, would love to grow this podcast and 
have you a part of life from the rest of the family. Um, if you are feeling generous and you wouldn't mind leaving a rating, um, that'd be greatly appreciated. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.